Actually, after two firsts of the year. <laughs> so you're getting double your money's worth. Exactly. Look at you. We put we put, we are known to pack value in every episode we create, and this shall be no different. Welcome back to the Album Listening Club. I am, of course, joined by my good pal Byron Holcher. Hey, hey, Boner. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> this is going to like Air Tuesday. Well, I hope you're still ready for football. You should never not be in a state where you're ready for football. Getting pumped up for the next season. All right. You've only got, what, eight months left until the next one starts. So it's time to get you going. You know, get get yourself excited. Keep it going. Yes. Non-football season is like a second Christmas for me. <laughs> and, of course, recent Juggalo Championship Wrestling signee. Taylor is here with us as well. Yeah, uh, I call I call my finisher move the Fago drop. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your juggalo your juggalo gimmick? Because I don't think like enough people actually know this about Taylor, but she's actually like a for really real juggalo. I, I think I think not knowing how to read probably factors into <laughs> it somehow. I actually juggalos have individual gimmicks. I, I, maybe? I don't know. You are like the juggalo here. You're supposed to help us into your world of, of clowns and carnivals. Alright, so I guess my thing is that um, I like to pretend I'm an oppressed class of person because of some <laughs> band that I like. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Boom. You know, I'm sort, I'm sort of like, I'm sort of like a, I'm sort of like a gamer, but, um, you know, with face paint, I was and kind I can't of, read. <laughs> I was kind of happy that that Twisted saw that and were like, "This is real stupid. Why are you doing that?" <laughs> These are like former proteges, and it's just like, guys, you're just gonna march for band. What are you doing? <laughs> so good on them, at least, right? I guess relatively, like the 
the bar isn't much better if you're like, it's, all right, look, you're better look, than a juggalo. Look, but I think it's okay. Like, I think it's okay now that like I can actually admit that I like Twisted now because they're not <laughs> because they're not with those guys. So I can actually like say like those guys are talented and actually you know put real thought into their work. So I can say that without you know being ashamed now. Well, I know what the next. Uh... Holly's pick for album listening clubs going to be. Absolutely not. <laughs> Tangentially related to um, white people acting oppressed because they like a band. Yeah. Corn came out with some new music, and it sounds like Dream Theater. What? Hmm. Wait, what? Hmm. Their new yeah, album. Yeah, I heard it on satellite radio, and I, I'm like, no, this it's doing the thing where the song ID tag got stuck from the last song, oh. and it, it just got no. Okay, this is Corn, and it's prog metal now. Of no, I'm kind of like okay. I'm that? sorry, That's but I'm, I'm gonna like to say go that like I've heard that album and there is nothing progressive about it. <laughs> like not in the okay, slightest. Okay, flowery and bombastic. Can we call it that? I will say it's just like yo loud arena rock, but by angry white boys. Man. I mean, it- I- I mean, there's no there's no song on this album that's longer than five minutes long, so it hasn't reached the Dream Theater quota of goes on 15 minutes too long. But we've spent all this time talking about other bands when we should be talking about the current, like the right now, the album listening club choice that was chose by Boner, so I'm going to throw this on, uh, episode on over to him. Drive us. Let's go. All right. So, I don't know about you guys, but I'm an old fart. I'm, and I'm yeah, uh, that's me. Medium fart. Only, you know, for the next 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> 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 so anyway, sometimes when you've um, listened to the things you listen to for a long time, you kind of get set in your ways and stagnate, not really seeking out new music, and... Um, one of the things that helped me to listen to some new stuff, one, this podcast, being mm. a participant in it, seeing the kind of things that uh, you guys have thrown out, and then also being like, oh, hey, maybe here's a thing that I can say, hey, I listen to this, what do you guys think, and them having some uh, some interesting things to say about it. Right. Um, also, I got a new car, and with that car uh, came a, a Sirius XN subscription, and um, that is through which I heard our pick for this recording of the album Listening Club. Um, I found out that the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, put out an album in 2016. That's... Like, I saw the like ads for it and stuff, but since I haven't enjoyed a Red Hot Chili Peppers album since One Hot Minute... Uh... I kind of just kind of like saw it and was like, eh, whatever. They're you still saw there. ads. Where were ads for? It's this album. besides like, Maximum Guitar Magazine. Okay, there were ads seen. There were some YouTube ads for it too. Really? Oh, yeah. dang! I I must. We must travel in different YouTube circles. Well, yeah, you have ad block on. Yeah, <laughs> I think my uh, I think there was a television commercial for it here on like MTV or some shit. <laughs> Whatever my sister was watching at the time. Oh, yeah, your sister. Good save. Good. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's good that you bring that up, that, you you know, you had a Red Hot Chili Peppers album that you listened to and, you know, hadn't really liked them since. So, 
I mean, what do you think of when you think of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Kind of like slap bass, yeah. s- screeching guitar, mm-hmm. some guy like ha- sounding like he's about to have a seizure vocally. Yep. Which which um kind of doesn't sound that far off from Primus when I put it in those terms. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, maybe not the way to put it. Maybe a guy that kind of really isn't classically trained to sing, but kind of yeah. faking his way through it real well. Yeah. But yeah, any band who's been around for the span of three decades, like the Chili Peppers have, um, uh, also kind of like your U2s or your Foo Fighters. Oh, you know who else put out an album in uh, 2016? Oh, God. Green Day. Ugh. Oh, fresh off the backs from their uh, off-Broadway musical, uh, if I've, I remember I've, correctly. I've, I've seen that musical live. Is cool. it any good? <laughs> It's about 45 minutes too long, and it's a 90-minute show. Mm. Uh. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, so yeah, like the Chili Peppers are one of those bands where most people have like one or two albums by them they like, and then they just kind of, you know, forgot about them or didn't hold out hope that they would ever return to glory, I guess. Yeah. Um, kind of like most Metallica fans is just think like, no, the next one's going to be really good, you guys. <laughs> But, um, so after, like, realizing that the uh, Chili Peppers had out a, a new single called, called, um, I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. It's, uh, it was Dark Necessities that mm-hmm. I heard on satellite radio. It's like, huh, all right, well, you know, that's interesting. It's, like, not what I expect when you'd say, hey, the Chili Peppers came out with a new album. You know, I figured that they'd be retreading the same kind of thing they did with Stadium Arcadium and By the Way. Yeah, and, like, um, anything I had heard from those albums just sound like, really generic. derivative trash derivative trash foo fighters arena rock <laughs> but yeah so um that kind of made me sit up and uh take and another single which we'll get to later um kind of sit up and take notice and uh i actually picked this up and i was pleasantly surprised it's i will say like the overarching theme of this record it is a lot more subdued um, than mm. you would think of when you think mm-hmm. the Chili Peppers. As we will see going into our opening track, the title track, The Getaway. Mm. So right off the bat, this one just kind of sets up the... Um, it's it's really rhythmic. It's got kind of that, um, you know, hi-hat each, like, pulsy with it, uh, pulsy rhythm to it that uh, the guitars kind of accentuate. Mm-hmm. Um, not really, you know jumping out there and screeching like they did in the John Frusciante days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're definitely... Is he, wait, is he not with the band right now? No. Uh, no he hasn't he re- been with the retired. band for years. Yeah, he retired in 2009 to go his own way. And um, touring and guitarist they... Josh Klinghoffer uh, has been with them for the past two albums. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John Frusciante decided that he wanted to leave the band and go make horrible music <laughs> as opposed to generic derivative music. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. okay. Was he on Stadium Arcadium? Yes. Okay. Okay. That 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 was for reference the last Chili Peppers album I was like aware of on a conscious level. I'm sure that was the last Chili Peppers album most people were aware of. Yeah. If for nothing more than the controversy of uh, Danny California, how everybody <laughs> said that ripped off Mary Jane's Last Dance. Oh God. I remember that now. Uh-huh. But yeah, so uh, what do you guys think? Uh, opening track on The Getaway, titled The Getaway. I was like, when I first turned it on, I thought it was MP3 tagged wrong. Because I was like, this, yeah. this this is the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Like, 
you have my interest from the jump. That's really good. Like, I just think, like, this is a super damn solid jam. And, like, man, oh, man, does Anthony Kiedis still love rhyming things with California? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll explore his rhyming skills in depth. <laughs> oh, yes. God. But this is, like, like... I was not expecting this. Like this, like I think I think all of the drums on this album are triggered or just a drum machine, right? Because like, I like I don't yeah, think I, I don't get that too. I this sounds like a beatbox, really. Yeah, like yeah. I don't hear any like actual like live drumming like live drum sounds like if these are being triggered. Um but uh, like hey, like this is a good ass song to get an album started. Like it like it woke my ass up because I was just kind of expecting, here we go, another Red Hot Chili Peppers thing I'm Here's probably going to get. This, this is Boner's Troll album. Yeah, like, I was just kind of waiting yeah. for you to be, like, when I saw who it was, and, like, it was like, well, I, I, first, I had that first reaction of, oh, wait, they, you know, like, what? <laughs> like, that's just kind of, like, how this track hit me for the longest time was, like, I can't believe I'm listening to a Chili Peppers song, and I really kind of like it. <laughs> yeah yeah interesting that you say about the uh, drums possibly being drum machines so this record is not produced by Rick Rubin uh, it is produced by Danger Mouse oh um, okay yep. yeah okay these are all yep. sampled drums then yeah <laughs> for, for for our listeners maybe not in the know Danger Mouse produced Demon Days by Gorillaz yeah. and uh, also he's um, part of Gnarls Barkley Yeah. So what are so, um, everybody else? What do you guys think of the getaway? Hey, uh, yeah, definitely like a chill little, chill little, little intro to the the whole album. Um, it feels very, I guess, what would I describe it? Dad rock or something like that. <laughs> um, like, and, and I mean, for what it's worth, like I looked it up, uh, and the lead singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers is 54 years old. Yeah, uh, yeah, Anthony Kiedis is pretty old. Uh, so like, like they're they're much much far from their like dick sock days, uh, from from way back when in like the 90s and, and 80s. So I like, think they uh, still I think they still do stuff like that. Well, they still like perform a lot shirtless. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Except all Josh Klinghoffer and Chad Smith stay fully dressed for the most part. Okay. Good for. I'm sure Flea is like fully naked at all times. Just like it's in his writer. Like. Yeah. Uh, Chad Smith is... though probably doesn't want to show off his dad gut, but he's behind a drum kit, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really Flea, he can do what he wants. <laughs> Flea rocks the Henry Rollins method of gym shorts and no and no shoes. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Oh, love it. Um. <laughs> yeah, so, so um, yeah, just very, like, easy listening is what I'd use to describe this, like, soft rock. Um, yes. Very chill. Um, has female vocals always been a Red Hot Chili Peppers, like, thing? Well, it's been used in choral terms. It's, like, specifically, or probably most known to the mainstream public in Under the Bridge. Yeah. Um, the female vocalist on this track is actually um, uh, Anna Waronker. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, best known for being the singer of That Dog. Oof. So get a load of That Dog. They uh, uh, they, uh, oh. they dug deep for that one. 
Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess that was yeah. Now that now that you mention it on, on Under the Bridge, like I'm feeling that it was just like I was very surprised again, like coming into this album and having it be so chill and then such prominent like female vocal with it. I was just like, okay, like Red Hot. Yeah, this definitely was like subverting what I expected. Um, but like you alluded to, like man, like the rhyming scheme. Uh, <laughs> and say he's a very like percussive singer maybe is like what i'd say where yeah. like i feel like he's really the lyrics i feel like i feel like he has like a beat or something where he's like writing it down and he's like and then like he goes back over and puts words like, later and is like all right what do what do i got like yeah i'm california with like a bunch of shit like throw that in there no it's um, not california it's california Cal- it's always california, california. it's always california I, uh, I pronounce it like an East Coaster, obviously. Um, yeah, but this is like a very Anthony Kiedis thing. Like, every time he, he... The man cannot say the word normally, so he always has to say California! Well, that is like a, you know, Michigan transplant to L.A. Like, I'm not sure. There's probably some accentologist, if that's a real right, career, uh, that could probably... They'll know, probably write, it, write in next episode and get us corrected, I'm sure. <laughs> right. I, I, all, all four of you who listen to this. <laughs> um, the what's word your you were thinking of was linguist by boner. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. That's <laughs> a you, sex thing. What do you think, Taylor? Um, I thought it was groovy and pleasant. Groovy. And sort of sounded like one of the softer cuts off of, like, By the Way or something like that. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can definitely, this is one of the, this is one of the couple of songs you can tell where Mr. Danger Mouse has a writing credit as well as a production credit. Mm. Yeah. Because he's one of those kinds of producers. Yeah. But, oh no, I liked it. I when I listen to it, I'm like, okay, maybe this'll be, maybe this'll be pretty good, because, you know, I actually listened to 2011's I'm With You, and I thought it was just, like, the most forgettable like, broccoli fart of a record that I listened <laughs> to ever. Yeah, um, I, I did kind of, like, pregame some other Chili Peppers uh, albums that I had not listened to as much, just to kind of give myself some context for this one, but no, I'm with you, I've I, if there was a song off of that that I have heard, I couldn't tell you what it was. Um, I would like to call back to something Polly said about uh, Mr. Kiedis not exactly being classically trained mm-hmm. and maybe like thinking he sounds better than he actually does. Um, it sounds to me like he goes flat on some of those like higher notes, especially like the kind of arpeggios that he hits in the chorus. Yeah. Um, probably not the best thing to start the album off with. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, there's some strange choices here, definitely. <laughs> but this is kind of an album of, Being charitable, like, being of, charitable. Une- of unexpected. Th- this is, yeah, this is, uh, this is kind of a weird album. <laughs>
dark necessities. They would have so, to have been fools for this to have not been their leadoff single. They'd have, it they was, would have been. Yeah, it was. It they was. would have been um, buffoons if this was not because this is this is single chorus hook writing 101, and it's good for it. If uh, Wikipedia was to be believed, this wasn't the first choice for the leadoff single, but um, I believe it was uh, at Danger Mouse's insistence that this would be the lead single, and um, it was smart. Yeah, this is what introduced me to it. And, well, that would be spoiling the sound uh, track list, but anyway. Ooh, okay, true, true, true. <laughs> um, so yeah, this one, this one kind of uh, builds. Mm -hmm. um, you know, layering in the the guitars and like some piano, which, well, you know, it, it the piano sound is like really clean and kind of like stands out because it's not something you usually associate with the Chili Peppers again. Um, yep. Not to say that they haven't used, like, session musicians and stuff before to round out their sound, but that really just, like, smacks of the um, George Clinton-produced uh, sophomore album, Freaky Styly, which was just, um, it's like, hey, we have a budget now, let's put in all these horns. Yeah, yeah. Well, the horns and the piano and a lot of this stuff is probably played by Flea. Yeah, that dude's a multi-instrumentalist that, like, he knows his shit. Uh, he did he not took... know that. He did, he did, like, a degree at Harvard in between Stadium Arcadium and I'm With You. <laughs> yeah. Good for him, I guess. Yeah, so he's, like, him and Josh Klinghoffer are, like, the resident actual musicians in this band. Yeah. <laughs> but um, speaking of Flea, the, the, the slap bass takes uh, front and center in this one. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. After being like, is this a Chili Peppers album? <laughs> at, that, uh, at that intro track. Um, but then when the other voices come in, it doesn't, it doesn't dominate. It doesn't overbear, um, yeah. the, the really like scratchy, you know, guitar with its, um, with its, it's just like really like squash down wah. Um, some parts of it almost sound like it's samples like on loop. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, overall impressions of dark necessities. We'll start with Byron. I'm really glad we got that that slap bass back in there. I was like, I was really missing it after that first track. Um, I was wondering if like Flea was was still around. If like <laughs> he's he's around, but he had kind of an accident during the production of this album, and he actually yeah, he had broke a, his arm yeah. snowboarding. Yeah, Wait, Real like, bad. really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so his playing throughout this whole album, like it's a little bit more restrained than it usually is. It okay. There's definitely that, and B. It was kind of like you're talking about with the like, sample. Like I definitely felt like this was this was more like what's the word I'm looking for? Looped maybe or something like that. I felt like he got like two really great riffs off, and then they just looped those the yeah. entire track versus having him like play the tape. Really record. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I was I was glad to that glad to see that again. Uh, on the other hand, the like piano breakdown bit I thought was kind of like not again like dad rock. Like I was just <laughs> like I was just like where is this coming coming from? It just doesn't line up from like what Red Hot Chili Peppers like. I guess not that I was the biggest fan, but what that as a band and concept represented to me in mm. like high school and stuff like that. And listening to them and seeing stuff about them on like MTV and things like that. Even though like at that point, I was really getting into them 
from what was it? That was the By the Way album, I think that was. No, like early two thousands ish. Wow, um, yeah, that's that's oof. So I had known about them like earlier than that from like uh from like all their stuff in the nineties and Woodstock and stuff like that. But that was the first time so that's like what I came up on and kind of what Red Hot Chili Peppers represented in whatever like Spencer's Gifts hot topic life that I was living at that time. Um <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, it's just, like, really, in my head, I'm, like, trying to get around this, where I'm, like, wait, like, the, the Suck My Kiss guys are doing, like, a piano solo breakdown in the middle of the song? It was just, like, really uh, hard to work <laughs> I, around. I think that's part of the album's strength, though, overall, like, m- moving in some of those different instrumentals that you don't associate with the Chili Peppers, because, like, how how many times do I need to hear Blood Sugar Sex Magic again exactly. in my life? Exactly, exactly. I, I think that's the that's the case I think this album makes. And I think it's something that a lot of bands definitely struggle with who have been working and pumping out albums for 30, like, what? Yeah, 30 years at this point. Yeah. They've been making music. And so it's like, do you keep grinding on that same sound and trying to make albums that are that? Or do you just accept at some point that, like, you've evolved? I'm sure, like, their musical tastes have evolved. Like, I know I barely listen to the same music that I listen to, like, a decade or like two decades ago like i'm sure these guys like aren't just like aren't listening to the same stuff that they were doing uh you know in the 80s and stuff like that or listening to i don't know maybe they are listening to a lot of like p-funk and stuff something Um, something these first two tracks kind of say to me is that it's a like and i feel that it's a theme that they maybe they were going for with the record is like this is a band that's actually kind of just having fun like it yeah. genuinely, like it feels genuine. Even if this album's going to stumble at some points, believe me, it does. Um, <laughs> like it, I feel like they're like legitimately throwing themselves into it because they believe in it and are having a lot of fun with it. Um, and you know, Chili Peppers is a band that never actually went away. Yeah, they so do. If they right. keep, if they're gonna keep making music, they're they're gonna have to you know change it up, and whether it's a lot of bands do the same thing, but it seems like they chase a trend. I, I, a lot of people accuse Metallica of doing that. But oh, yeah. if if people were expecting um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic Part 2 or even Californication Part 2, it's like, well, you've got your bands that you know split up when their brand of music was no longer the mainstream, and then they're reu- having a reunion later because, oh, hey, nostalgia's big now and they need the money, kind of yeah. like Loverboy or Bon Jovi. Hey, guys, you, <laughs> still, you, still, like, you still like Skid Row? <laughs> Did we ever like Skid Row? Hey, come on! Quiet Riot's on their third singer after Kevin DeBro died. You guys want to go? I, I Journey found it. Journey found another not Steve Perry. Oh, good for that. They, they fired the Filipino guy. Oh, I guess no. I guess they're on their second not Steve Perry then. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, but. But yeah, this album, and definitely the first two tracks, I think, are them being like, nope, this is how it's going to be. Like, it's still going to be a Red Hot Chili Peppers album, but you're not getting Blood Sugar Sex Magic Part 2. You're yeah. not getting, it's definitely, I feel more of that, like, again, the last one I listened to was Stadium or Arcadium, and I feel like this is very much a continuation and like a doubling down of that direction uh, from their from their previous stuff, but uh Okay, uh, my favorite, my favorite rhyme also of this song. Uh oh, this is stumble down to the parking lot. You got no time for the afterthought. They're like ice cream for an astronaut. Oh, oh, 
Anthony Kiedis, why do you write lyrics? That was, uh, <laughs> no, I, I love it. And they really mix him so you, like, you can pick it out, which I feel... Oh, yeah, yeah. As they're... opposed to, like, Ruben's production and ones I've listened to where he's kind of mixed in the whole thing and the whole song's well. And with these, like, super chill songs, like, you can really pick out what he's saying. Yeah, his uh, awful, yeah. terrible lyrics. Um, so... Yeah, I, I guess I've never really noticed how bad of a lyricist anthony kiedis actually is until this record <laughs> yes yes that's that's exactly how i feel like i will um, say yeah. under the bridge i will say under the bridge was a moment of genius and then yeah. I, I, mean, I think when even, they were go ahead even, <laughs> even other songs from their history i really like like suck my kiss or yeah. you know by the way or around the world now that i'm thinking back on i'm like Man, lyrics in those songs are kind of dumb. <laughs> well, around the world is oh probably my like god, that game. One of oh. my, it's, it's probably the most quintessential. This is a Chili Pepper song. Yeah, and for that, it is one of my least favorite Chili Pepper songs. <laughs> but like, even when they were doing like big dumb party rock, like Uplift Mofo Party Plan, or even like they're just like freeform jam session kinds of things they did on their uh, debut album. Uh, yeah. You can kind of excuse the dumb lyrics there, but then yeah. when they try to get all introspective and soulful, like on things like uh, "My Friends" or or, or, um, or uh, "Under the Bridge," it's like, yeah, you might want to. You probably shouldn't have fallen in love with your first draft. Yeah, yeah. Give those another pass. Uh, Taylor, any more thoughts? Uh, well, I thought it was a good song. I think the piano breakdown is <laughs> totally out of place, <laughs> but. You know, it definitely it definitely does the catchy pop song thing well enough. Yeah. Cool. And All yeah, right. I the the slap bass this it def the baseline on this song totally feels like um you know Flea just doing <laughs> He's like, okay, I gotta get my slap quota in for the day. And I think this song might... Because this song is a sig single, came out in, like, May of 2016. And Flea broke his elbow in February. Yeah. So I don't know if this was actually a post-recovery song or not. <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, so... They kind of went on hiatus due to that accident. And uh, they had some... Um, some tracks recorded in the studio. And then when they brought danger mouse on to record this album, he's like, okay, throw away all that old shit you did. And let's just, let's just bang out some new stuff. So, um, who, who's to say how accurate that is, but that's, that's the scuttlebutt on Wikipedia.
are about to go full red state. We turn red. No, let's not do that. <laughs> oh wait, we oh wait, we did. Uh, 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 speak for yourselves. Nevada voted blue. I, I live in Georgia, so. <laughs> so, if in case you forgot that the Chili Peppers are a funk band, um, mm-hmm. it looks like they were listening to a lot of that freeform, like, um, exploitation film soundtrack stuff uh, when conceptualizing a lot of these songs. Mm. <laughs> and uh, is this one really, the, the main thing I think of when I think of, oh yeah, this song on this album, um, it's kind of got the same cadence as that David Essex song, Rock and Roll. That blue jean baby queen, prettiest girl I ever seen. Hmm. Oh, God. Oh, God. Now no, I I, I'm hearing some groans in the audience. Part. It's all coming back to me now. It was so long ago, too. I... That, I mean, that is my, I have it written down, my my favorite lyric of this song was, we turn red and we turn green, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I thought it was, we turn red, we turn mean. I thought it was green. I think green. I thought, gonna... it, I thought it was, I don't, I thought it was skip track. Whoa. Oh. Do tell. Do tell. This sound. This song is a shittier version of "Can't Stop," and I gave up listening to it. Yes. Listens. <laughs> yes. I am. I am. I am slamming down my my hand in the like button on what you just said. Like, <laughs> no, I was thinking that the whole time. Is this was just like this was "Can't Stop" part two or like something like that. And I think we're, we're still I had... going. We didn't stop the first time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's physically impossible. Yeah, I, if I think I have a complaint about this album, is at 53 minutes, this album feels maybe 12 minutes too long. Mm. And We Turn Red is one of those songs I, I would have mercilessly cut. <laughs> I kind of, uh, I'm uh, kind of with uh, agreeance on these two. I think that, like, for me, like, nothing about this song feels act like it was ever kind of put together at the same time to actually be a song. Like, th- something about the verses feel real disjointed and wrong, and, like, nobody feels like they're playing the same song, and then you've got the syrupy chorus that comes together that's kind of just like all the other stuff that they've done more recently, and it's like, I don't know how that like these two things are resolving to one another well back on everybody's favorite subject of the lyrics so if you like the thing where anthony kiedis can't think of a rhyme so he says the name of a place and then rhymes the next meter with that oh boy oh man do you want to go fishing in new orleans do you want to get up early in the morning oh that's not even really close Oh. I'm drinking a thermos of water and I'm literally beating my head with it. Yeah. No, still though, nothing nothing can top um, Danny California, which um, when I was uh, trying to convince somebody uh, that I'm an acquaintance with to uh, listen to this album, um, I think I referred to Danny California as the Animaniacs 50 States song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I can hear it. Yeah. It's, yeah, this this song just like 
I, yeah, I agree. Like, it could totally be a skip track. And God, the, the like, the acoustic guitar in the chorus. Doesn't. Um, I did not, like, I, I, again, like, trying, I, I, I accept that Red Hot Chili Peppers are breaking away from their, from their, their funk, punk, rock, like, hard rock roots or whatever like that. But, like, I did not need acoustic guitar popping up in the middle of this. So as tradition is tradition on when we record these things, when everybody else hates a song, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> it's what keep it's what keeps us dynamic, I think. Um, I really didn't notice the acoustic guitar and what I also think is a steel guitar during that same segment mm-hmm. until I listened to this with headphones on. Um, however, I also want to bring up that until I listened to this with headphones on, I didn't think like there was too much overmodulation in this recording. Oh, and, you um, would be wrong. Yeah. Now I'm just kind of like, this is the loudness wars have been yeah. fought it's... and lost and we're wading through the corpses. Well, Californication is one of the loudest albums like on the market still. Like, like uh, when that thing came out, like it is amazing how butchered that record is. Hmm. Uh, Anthony Kiedis' frickin' vocals in the chorus are audibly distorting Yeah, of Around the World, and yeah. oh, that record is mixed so bad. It is terrible. That's actually one of the things I was worried about, because guess what? Every single Chili Peppers album since Californication has been mastered really fucking horribly. Yep, yep, yep. And this one is... Not great, but it's noticeably better. <laughs> yes. It's definitely not as loudy, but it's still fighting the loudness war. Yeah, there's times that the drums actually sound like drums. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they are mostly, like, triggered. Yeah. Under my skin and half my age Hotter than the wax on a saxophrage The longest way Waiting on the wind to turn my Whatever you do, don't close that gap I'm dreaming of a woman, but she's just my nap Your ship is in Waiting on the tide so I can swim What you want What you need Do you love Maybe I'm the right one, maybe I'm the wrong Just another fade of high Byron's favorite subject again easy listening we have the longest wave mm. uh-oh somebody hyperventilate sorry it, this track is yeah this is Poopmageddon coming no, no no this track this track whoo this this was not uh th- this one was I felt was a swing and a miss for me at least Ooh. why is that I just I couldn't I couldn't get I think this is the point where uh, after Dark Necessities gave me a little bit of a taste of, like, maybe that classic Red Hot Chili Peppers, I was, like, finally getting... I was getting to the point where I was like, wait, 
this is a whole album of slow jam tracks. Like, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. like, and that's kind of what it feels like. Is the whole album feels like if maybe you had like the slow jam per album, this is the whole album of those. Um, yeah, including like a double slow jam later uh, in the list, which we'll get. Which, but, which uh, we'll get to. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have a ton. Other than like how slow it was, except uh, the was it my favorite? Steadier sales for the butterfly flack were my uh, was my lyric my lyric call out of choice uh, for this song. I think this is another Ketis verse bomb. I feel um, <laughs> just he bombs the verse here. It's just like I don't know whether it's just the bad melody or it's just like that back to being that percussive, very kind of. Like the very Anthony Kiedis thing that he does, that he's known for, and it just doesn't feel like he's at all interested in the song. Like other than that, it's just like it kind of reminds me of like a three eleven ballad, uh, like Amber maybe. <laughs> but it's oh. more, but it, but this is built more for like an arena. So because you know this is a product instead of an album. Um, hey, do you guys remember? when we did the Coheed and Cambria album listening club and Byron and Boner said that there are like three lighters in the air songs. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's one of those. Yeah. Okay. So fun fact, did you know that recently Kedis said that getting rich and successful makes you incapable of writing good music? <laughs> oh, oh Jesus. Anthony, Anthony, you don't tell people this. I'm sorry, I like, I like his stuff. '70s dad mustache that he's been rocking in the recent years. Yeah, I, I aspire to different. have the same kind of dad mustache aesthetic. I think you could pull it off. If Sayara can do it, you can do it. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, I found this song to be relatively inoffensive and, in that way, completely forgettable. Other than the lyric in the chorus where Anthony Kiedis couldn't come up with a way to rhyme something with butterfly, so he went with the Spanish word papillon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I remember I remember that bit. Which is sort of like Lady Gaga not being able to rhyme something with she keeps love inside her pocket, so she just went uh, with the Spanish word bucio, which means pocket, so she was rhyming pocket with pocket. Oh, you dumb person. <laughs> was that on the, the Ace of Bass song that she covered? Oh, no, wait. That that, that was not a cover. That was um just a ripoff. <clears throat> I, guess Ala, I guess Alejandro does kind of have a bit of an I saw the signy vibe to it, doesn't it? <laughs> I was thinking, don't turn around. <laughs> don't turn around. Don't turn around. Alejandro. Alejandro. Oh my god! Some um, I will say about the longest wave that is that it kind of um, sets you up for a production theme in this album that you'll hear. It's like when it does start out with a stripped out, vo- stripped down like basic vocal, guitar, bass, drums, um, not a whole lot of layering, kind of stuff like that. Then when the chorus hits, it's just like pile on the wow. reverb. We got another forty-eight tracks to fill up. Let's do it. In fact, there's a whole, um, there's a whole what I thought was a sound sample at first. It just seems like a clap 
or just some kind of drum hit where they just cranked up the reverb so it's almost unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. consensus probably probably didn't grab us by the nipples that hard and we are going to say Mm. we are going to say hello to goodbye angels didn't they already do a song called hey yo (laughs) this is what i say yo this song is just like that again but way faster (laughs) hey yo hey yo hey yo hey yo um but also the intro is kind of also like the same thing as Dark Necessities again, but yeah, they jump they jump right into the, it's like it feels like they've got a lot more lyrics to cover in this one, so they jump into the uh, verse chorus verse structure a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah, uh, I like I like that there's like distorted guitar at the end. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, and oh hey uh, hey also, Flea's here, Flea joined yeah, us again. They had some bass distortion in that uh, second verse. It's really, yeah. really yeah. nice and yes. good. Yeah, some really farty bass distortion. They probably it's... should have adjusted that a bit. I would have, yeah. Like if I would have been the engineer there, I would have been like, "You want a different tone?" I don't know. Uh, I on the one they... hand, the engineer in me thinks there needs to be less distortion, but on the other hand, the fart fan in me just, just like crank, crank that, that up. up. Yeah. I I have a feeling that it was more like it was like. He showed up to the studio, and whoever was working the studio that day was just so happy where he was just like, oh, whatever, whatever you want, sir. Like, yeah, more distortion, I'll crank it, I'll crank it right up for you. And they just, and like... Then, and then Danger Mouse came back, and he's like, what did? You, what do you mean you forgot to get a clean, direct feed off of his bass? Now we yes. can't reamp that shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I like this song. I like this song, though. I think it's a pleasant radio jam. It's not too offensive. It's just like... Hey, you know what? Like, this is a good time jam. I'll, I would like, I fuck with this. Yeah, good good time jam mentioning things like suicide. Well, okay. Look, a lot of this album's material is very much like that. <laughs> it, um, It's definitely the most Red Hot Chili Peppers out of, like, since uh, Dark Necessities, I feel like. With, again, getting... I think the, ba- the bass... The bass is just so important. Yes. I feel like it's so much of what I, I associate with Red Hot Chili Peppers more than more than uh, the lyrics. And now that we've all agreed that the lyrics are like... Garbo. 
like even critically worse i feel like than usual like yeah getting a song <laughs> where it feels like the 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 bass is back and like uh yeah the guitar in there like yeah this this sounded a lot more like something i would have expected maybe again on like stadium arcadium or something like that mm. uh and getting back uh, and so so i kind of liked it this was this was probably one of the one of the songs i more liked on the album uh versus it just because like it actually sounded like a red hot chili peppers and not just like the next band the side project uh uh of like somebody's yeah you know what i mean yeah like, which i feel like some of the other ones have been yeah i i like this song too i feel like it's you know everybody actually getting to stretch their musical muscles a little bit more than the album had up to this point yeah I'm sure Josh Klinghoffer was happy that they actually let him play guitar instead of making atmospheric noises in the background. <laughs> Which was, you know, one of the key defining features of I'm With You is like, guys, Josh Klinghoffer is actually a pretty, guitar is a pretty good guitar player, but like, this album has no guitar on it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, were you writing this, were you making this when Frushante quit and then you just said, okay, Josh we gotta release this in two weeks, just do stuff. Just noodle. <laughs> but no, this song is good. Uh, minor gripes with minor gripes with some of the bass tone at the very end aside. Yeah, yeah. But no, it actually, it feels like a, it's a nice song to help you wake up after the last two songs. Yeah, I think they like, well, like, <laughs> as for the bass thing, I think that they were going for that distorted sound, like the really good distorted kind of bass you get at the start of maybe something like Muse's Hysteria, and yeah. kind of missed it by a mile. Yeah, well, that really... <sighs> Muse, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> that had a really mechanical kind of bass line. Um, no, yeah, I think the loudness really kind of when you notice it, like, coming off the end of the track, you're, you're like, oh, that's pretty good. Oh, wait. It sounds kind of poopy there toward the last uh, yeah. last home stretch. Um, although I can appreciate the the understated, like, part of a layer guitar sound, probably because I've been listening to a lot of New Wave, mm. um, <laughs> as opposed to just, like, letting letting the dude ride the lightning or whatever. I, I do like it when this song goes full-on Primus during that bass solo yeah, and then subsequent it's real guitar nice. screeching. It's real nice, but yeah, um, kind of a kind of a mixed bag for me. It's like with an overall positive impression, like like there's not enough poop in the bag to yeah, like, like drown out the taste of the peanuts. I guess you're not gonna is that a, is that a lyric from the from the song? Um, it <laughs> not could enough be. poop in the bag, drown out the taste of peanuts. <laughs>
one to hey more slow jams it's sick love california he it's says it again up. he says it again california and so i makes, can know ya and he makes reference to raymond pettibon who did all the cover art for black flag yep <laughs> i'm just kind of like like at this point it was like guys could we get a they few did this song already could we okay, get but, a few less who, slow jams? Like, I don't think these slow jams are bad. Don't get me wrong. I no, like. There's just too many. Yeah, there's just they're all kind of clumped together. Like maybe if this album had some different sequencing, and maybe take out one or two of your little ballady songs and put in something maybe a little more mid tempo and maybe something that's got a little bit of quickness to it. Like we could sequence this into something like really fucking great. Yeah, this album certainly needed a few more suck my kisses or give it aways. Right. So hey guys. I know um I know Boner probably knows this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see if if, if uh Polly or you, Taylor, if you know who is the like guest producer on this track. Do either El- of you know? Elton John and Bernie Topin. Yeah right. like what? How does that happen? And like, and like, how did it come out this mediocre? Well, Anthony, I, I really like your album. I think we ought to get together and I'll maybe lay a track down together. I Great! What they, I will write mediocre I, lyrics over it. Uh, apparently, apparently, Elton John doesn't have like better things to do these days. No, nah, um, he's pretty. Like he called up Canadian artist Rag and Bone Man on the yeah. phone to uh, let him know he liked his album. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I guess he just like seeks out his like oh. What are you doing this week? Oh, you want to hang? Oh, smashing. He, well, I, don't, he, I think that turned into John Lennon. He bought a new second. car, and it had satellite radio in it, and he heard <laughs> right. a Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> he was listening to the Sirius XMU and Alt Nation. Yeah, and he was just like, shit, I should call these guys, and we should write I, a song together. Oh, they, these songs are the dog's bollocks, so I should, I should give them a ring on the telly. <laughs> I, I think they actually called him because they were writing the piano part and they thought it sounded like Benny and the Jets. Yeah. So they called Elton John and like, hey, do you want to work on a song with us? My big complaint is that if you were going to involve Bernie Topin, Anthony, could you could you maybe have just let him write all the lyrics? Yeah. like Because Bernie Topin is good. Yeah. And you are not. Yeah. Not anymore. It. Yeah, there was just... This was this was so like yeah so much piano I don't I don't remember this much piano in the Red Hot Chili Peppers I mean like it was this was just a sleeper song like I I think I listened to it like maybe the first once or twice and then mm-hmm. like when I did the review before this but I think most of the times this was one of my skip tracks that yeah. I just was like it is not worth it for me to keep listening to this or else I'm just gonna turn off the album okay I really think this is a I don't think this is a bad song. There's just too many other songs like it on this album. It really is thematically similar to The Longest Wave. I I think this one may be a little bit better. Um, They kind of, like, stack on the layering progressively as it goes, Um, especially, like, with the chorus. Um, And it almost even gets a little Mm sing-songy during the chorus, which which is good, you know, for the lighters in the air songs. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, if I'm pressed to remember what tracks are on the album, I'm probably going to forget. <laughs> yeah, this love. is definitely one I'm going to forget and not remember which, ever. Which is funny, because this was the second single. What? 
Yeah, mm. the, the three singles off of this album were Dark Necessities, Sick Love, and Go Robot. Yes. CP fully just fucking embraced like disco synth rock and I really like it. This I I think this song is an example of when something goes so over the top it comes out the other side and becomes awesome. Yes. <laughs> Except the fade out. Mm. Oh, Fuck they had to you. ruin it somehow. The song's not finished. That pissed me off because you have this straight fire fucking track, and you just uh, okay okay no it. it's it's long enough it's not like they faded it out prematurely and you know with that kind of like space synth computery sounding thing I think it's not wholly inappropriate to fade I, that out no dude like they could have resolved it to the root note and finished this song. That could have easily. Oh, okay, it's okay, not finished. Like, you will not convince though, like, me that there was that there is a way that this like, that this is acceptable. Okay, you know how most hip hop songs like have an instrumental part that goes on like thirty seconds longer than they need to. Yes, they do that so they can mix them together on club dance floors, and I think that's kind of like the same motif here because this is a straight up disco dance song. Mm. It's okay, just, it just may not a, be as long as most of those. I'll give you a point here, but I'm just going to say that that fade out really fucking hurt the song for me. It broke my soul when we got to the end of that song and it was like, <gasps> what are you doing, you idiots? All right, okay. so aside from Polly, <laughs> who likes Go Robot? I Yay. like it. I like Go Robot! I, I like how they, he just straight up wrote a song about wanting to fuck robots and set it to the tune of disco music. It's pretty awesome. Uh, no, I'm not going to lie. I think this might be the best song on the album. <laughs> Except the fade out is a little bit kind of lazy, but, you know, it's just there's something so ridiculous about this song. I I really agree this might be one of the highlights in the album. Like it's, it's definitely love the, like the, the boogie disco. Yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. Um, and so different. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, this is, this is the other song that I, you know, heard before listening to the album in whole and that like really made me sit up and take notice. Yeah. It, what's interesting is I feel like so much of the early red hot chili peppers in that, like, not that red hot chili peppers were necessarily like, punk but 
their their music was so was such a clash with uh the like disc- it, it's interesting i feel like they've come full circle on some level yeah of like if their original music was an answer or a response to all of pop music and how it was going from 70s and 80s now then being like in their 50s or whatever now they're like all right guys like let's make like we're gonna make a boogie woogie track and <laughs> go for it um but no, I, I thought it was a great track. I thought the song, like, probably I'd be most likely to karaoke out of the whole album. Um, yeah. Uh, but also, on the other hand, like, the most likely song they wrote, like, after listening to, like, the Grand Theft Auto Vice City soundtrack on loop for a couple days. Um, I can see that. Because it just, yeah, it has that. And then, like, <laughs> the, the the middle bits get very, like feels like, 80s, like, new wave pop. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, it was... It's a good song, and that's kind of what surprised me. Yeah, almost nothing. almost a little uh, flock of seagulls there with that like instrumental break um, guitar. Yeah, riff. yeah, exactly. So so that's what's so weird is I'm like, this is probably one of the best songs of the album, but it's also like zero percent like uh, any of the other anything else. I feel like from their catalog that I'm very familiar with. Yeah, that, like I would not have expected them to be writing these songs versus some other like. All of the other, like, there is definitely a wave of, like, indie, electronica, disco kind of, like, bands that have been popping up in the past, like, mm-hmm. five, ten years. I, I would expect that from one of them, but not from, like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Um, but, but again, uh, yeah, it was it was a good song. They, they did good. Damn. Uh, yeah, so... So going back to the lyrics, I've I've thought about these a lot, trying to determine. It's like, okay, what is this song really about? Um, um, fucking and, robots. You know, well, <laughs> while it sound while it sounds like um, you know a sexual relationship without any kind of like real intimacy or substance, um, isn't that really what fucking robots is about? I thought I felt it was like a weird, uh, like if somebody was trying to write a parody song of, like, Devo or something like that. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought, where I was, like, where they're not really, like, in tune with it as much. And again, like, I, I, kind of that dad rock. Uh, now fuck it. Fuck that yeah, robot. Where, where he's, like, gotta, yeah, like, t- Taylor, you posted this lyric. It's the, like, you the got refrain, to cho- kind of. You've got to choose it to use it, so let me plug it in. Robots are my next of kin. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's exactly, like, peace, love, respect. Like, robots are my next of kin, man. Don't you, like, get it? We are all the robots together, man. We are a, a nation of robots, man. You just gotta get Yeah, again. Oh, my I, God. I, hey, wait, wait. Here, Here's another one. I'm kissing high and low. Our bodies like two dominoes. Can I come and get you when I hit you in your party clothes? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Anthony Kiedis, you, you, you're a funny little boy. Uh, so yeah, it, yeah, geez, the the lyrics, the lyrics on this one especially were like, it, yeah, talking about like flock of seagulls, like it feels very like '80s. Some like the lyrics could have been in some like German new wave song or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I wouldn't have been surprised maybe in that setting. But uh, 
if they were if they were only a little if they were only a little more vulgar, Till Lindemann would have been the bit would have been the writer. <laughs> right, right. Oh God, Till Lindemann. <laughs> a little more Ramstein, not as much craft work. <laughs> I like that solo album. It's damn good fun. <laughs> on the flowers oh uh, one, well. se- one sec one second let me let me play a little clip of this on spotify I, to see I, if i remember what this i thought song you were gonna is. say let me plug it in do we need to take a break flowers. ouch do we need to take a break that's savage i don't need to take a break do you need to take a break <laughs> what kind of flowers are we eating oh lord hmm? this uh this track, this was the danger mousiest track on the album, I think, if, if, if you will. Hmm. Um, like, that's kind of what I thought in terms of like the production and stuff. Um, it felt uh, like you mentioned uh, Demon Days as another yeah album, uh, and and yeah, this this feels like kind of the, one of the more produced tracks. If that makes sense, I don't know, yeah. like. Uh, well, and also I, also more gorillazy with the um, '70s exploitation film score yeah. uh, motif. Yeah, right. right. That's yeah. That's like it. It feels. It, it yeah. It, it it definitely feels like it's going more towards his sound than even like the Red Chili Pepper sound. Um, Let's see. Does he? Yes, he does have a writing credit on this oh, song. Well, then there <laughs> no. you go. There's a reason this track sounds as produced as it does. Um, but, but it, it also wasn't the worst track in the album. I think, I think it was kind of up there. I think it would be better for me if it's placement weren't as late as it was. It's like, okay, there's some interesting things here, but it's another slow jam and I'm kind of sick of those at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I, yeah, I'm listening to it. I'm like, this song's actually not that bad, but I think I just forget about it because it's sandwiched between Go Robot and the next track. Oh, I actually, boy. but um, yeah, feasting on the flowers is just kind of okay. It's another one of it's another. It's more ammunition in my this album needed to be shorter. Gun. I actually think that I, I can. I think that Feasting on the Flowers, sometimes I get it confused with The Longest Wave. It was like, okay, what comes yeah. after we turn red? Oh, Feasting on the Flowers. Oh, no, there's like, you know, four more songs ahead of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, props to the album for kind of, like, or the song for kind of like, you know, covering some uh, pretty deep issues, like what was suicide and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, so I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mock poor Anthony like if his word choices aren't the best on a song kind of like that. When you know, who knows if that's actually drawn from a real experience or not, and all that. I'm sure a lot of things are like just like the number of years that this band has been yeah, around, like, the, the shit they've gone through, like with friends dying of drug overdose yeah. and almost ripping the band apart at multiple points. Multiple like, times, but yeah. with that, with those, you know, like. Those, uh, you know, those, those, those very serious lyrics, you've also got this, like, breezy instrumental. It's a weird juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like, it's like they wanted to make... A lot of this album reminds me of, like, I don't know, early 70s psychedelic rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I almost wonder if that was, like, if that was something that was sitting in their minds when they were jamming this out. All right. Any any other thoughts on feasting on the flowers? More female backing vocals. More I'm, just like I'm gonna feast on some flowers later, if you know what I mean. I will be oh, as well. Is that a is that a potweed reference? Probably. Oh, I thought it was a sex reference, like a. Oh no, that's oh. we can't. Not on this show. <laughs> no, we save that kind of smut for the socks cast. Right. That's true. This is the classy one. Feasting on Rhett's dick. Yes! Let me all up on that, please. He has enough to feed the needy. He does. <laughs> you see what I did there? I see what you did. Detroit. We're moving to Detroit? Yes. Let's all go there. That seems like a good place to live. Wait a minute. Wait a, minute. a lot, a lot of good things happen so, in Detroit. Wait a they, minute. They've got Robocop. Wait a minute. They've the, got, the, um, this song isn't about California? I... Oh. Do Whoa. You, Weird. How can you pronounce Detroit in a messed up way? Like, California! California! Yeah, like Detroit. Detroit. It's just too... Detroit. It's two syllables. It's not Detroit. You'd have to. It'd be like now you're just now you're just now you're just veering into boner waiter territory. Detroiter. I'm done. I quit. What? I guess one or more members of the band are from Detroit, which is why they wrote this. I think Anthony Kiedis is from Grand Rapids, which is. 
close enough. Yeah, um, Anthony Kiedis, um, so about the time that uh, they were about to record the Uplift MoFo party plan, uh, Anthony Kiedis tried to get clean. So he called his mother in uh, Michigan, who he had not had contact with for a long time, and she immediately referred him to rehab. Mm-hmm. And um, after after getting clean and then beginning recording on uh, that album, he immediately um, celebrated by you know falling back into drugs. Yep. Um, which uh, which also kind of drove a wedge in the band and um, ultimately became the demise of their original guitarist Hillel Slovak. Yep. Um, so with with that potential subject matter i was thinking that this might have had something to do with those life experiences but the lyrics to this just look like they're talking about hey here are all these bands that are from detroit yeah Yeah, they're pretty dope right that's basically all it is yeah i skipped this song (laughs) well it starts out with a really like crunchy grody guitar which is like a welcome change absolutely absolutely of the album Oh, totally. Over, I thought about two thirds of the album. Well, maybe a third of the album has been these slow jams to this point. And this is kind of a welcome break. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought so too. This was such a f- breath of fresh air for this album, but this song is just not very good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like you said. It's just oh, it's got like... and Jay Dilla. It's like, like, okay, like, it's got this weird fucking abrupt change to its transition to the chorus that just feels fucking wrong. And like, like, what? That doesn't feel right at all. These don't feel like the same song. Taylor Taylor mentioned something that sticks out at me. Like, yeah, they have a lyric calling out the Stooges and Jay Dilla. And I always, for some reason, think it's so weird when bands name check other bands in their songs. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. I guess, like, in in rap and hip-hop, it happens a lot. But for, like, rock bands, to throw in their lyrics to reference another band. Well, it is... Hey, Motorhead once wrote an entire song about the Ramones. It, it feels so, uh, what is it, like, pop-punk. Because I feel like pop-punk bands are always trying to convince you of how serious they are yeah. by talking about older hard bands that they listen to. Except Alkaline Trio, who sang a song about going to a Green Day concert. <laughs> well, well, um, to be fair, so did Weezer. Good point. Right, that's that's true. So, the, But that's, like, that's kind of what I mean. Is like it, it feels on that level, where they're like, like, yeah, we're Red Hot Chili Peppers. We're cool. We're like, if you took the Stooges and Jay Dilla together, like, that's kind of like us. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm like yeah. the Stooges, like, you guys have are like a couple levels in intensity down from the Stooges. And Jay Dilla, like, his his rise and, uh, and everything like that came like way, like, after Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Like, you can't call them as something... As an influence or someone you influence, they were like parallel to your entire existence. So like, yeah. I feel like, I don't know. It's so weird where they're like name checking Jay Dilla in a song where I'm like, what? Well, what? While we're what on the subject, that? I want to call attention to my favorite name check on the album. Going back to Go Robot, 
Sometimes I feel like I'm a sentimental trooper. She cried so hard, you know, oh she looked like God. Alice Cooper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was another one. Yeah, that's it's... another remarkably great and awful Anthony Kiedis rhyme. It yeah, but it's so, like she cried so hard. So... Her makeup ran, and she looked like Alice Cooper. I Don't know. You know? Oh, I it was... Get it? It's a, it's a lyric so bad it's destroying Byron's mic. Yeah, it's just completely <laughs> blowing it out. <laughs> I, I I love it. It's it's cheesy and shit, but it's, you know, it, of all the bad lyrics, that one's so bad it's good. Yeah, that I'll may be, be one I'll of the right least offensive. listening to a Red Hot Chili Peppers album, but then somebody slipped Wynonna's Big Brown Beaver into my <laughs> Here's my notes for this song. The two halves of this song are at odds with one another. One is good, the other isn't. I'll let you guys, like, try and, like, through conversation, guess which, which of those I'm on the side of. All right. Well, well, I know Polly's a Primus fan. However, I don't know her particular stance on the divisive 1999 or 1995 Primus album Tales from the Punchbowl. So I'm going to withhold judgment that she actually likes the intro mm -hmm. to the song um, until further evidence either way. Okay. Byron. I, I mean, I dug the, the, like, yeah, like you said, it's like, it really feels like two separate songs that they were just like all right we can't figure out the other half so we'll just slam them together yeah mm -hmm. um that's literally my notes are like yeah this feels like older red hot chili peppers did the faster style also i can't really pick out the lyrics which seems like a plus uh yeah for the whole thing and then i literally just have it oh but then it slows down mm -hmm. and like all of a sudden it goes into yeah this like this like yeah slow slow track slow album uh and then it speeds i like that's when it when it's really going i love it and i'm like for a brief moment there i'm like i'm remembering this what this band at one point like was and was doing in recording mm -hmm. um but now now we get okay here's here here it is uh my choice lyric uh <laughs> there's no end to this don't pretend to miss you and you would not repent for sitting on my elephant. <laughs> oh my god, Anthony. Um, 
Like, yeah. I will not eat them on a boat. I will not eat them on a goat. <laughs> it's like, that's like literally what all of these, all of these talking about. Yeah, am I too crazy to join the lazy zoo? Oh my god. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know how we've all been begging for the hot, like, up-tempo rockin' jams? Yep. For, on this album, I think I want them to stop giving them to me if they're not going to be that good. Yeah, this is what we get. This is this is the this is the, the fast upbeat Red Hot Chili Peppers jam track that we deserve. That's you know, what I, this is. I I like it when it's all punky and loud, and then they try to do their bad psychedelic mid tempo breakdowns. Yeah. We just really think they just wanted to make a Beatles song and stick it in the middle of this completely unrelated song. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like to me. All that shit about the elephant and the lazy zoo and then this is also confusing how uh, I met a girl with long black hair and she opened up so wide a daffodil growing in Brazil and I picked her for my pride. <laughs> What the fuck? I, and and you what? know what? This isn't the only lyric on the album about a girl opening up wide. There's another no. one. I can't remember which song it's in, but it's like opening wide like the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like oh. you want to fuck robots. You want to yeah. fuck the Grand Canyon. You want to fuck daffodils. I don't you feast on the flowers. It's Anthony Kiedis, you, you are not a high commodity you know, on the sexual market no. anymore. No. <laughs> the dick sock has fallen quite limp. That was uh, why we turned red. Uh, yeah, way was the the one with the cannon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this song is yeah, like I like the good part, and I don't like the bad part, which is like the faux psychedelic stuff they were going for. I mean, it's it's interesting that they switch tempos like that. It's just when I uh, it just slams. When I listen they... to it. It's like. Okay, yeah, it's like, all right, yeah, getting pumped. You know, we got this fucking really crunchy track, and oh, yeah, it's got this other weird part yeah, in it that's kind of like almost John Lennon's solo stuff or yeah. like 70s Beatles. Yeah. That's, that's all I got for this one. Yeah. Maybe if there were less slow jams on this album, I would appreciate this one more. Because they're they're taking that same sort of thing, but couching it in this really upbeat driving song. But yeah, but then, then they drop a slow jam in this thing and ruin it. Yeah, yeah. So if I was starved for slow jams, no, I'm saying like in spite of them dropping a slow jam in it, I would appreciate it if there were less other slow jams on the record. Okay, I got right. it. I mean, we probably could have cut like two or three songs and not been any the worse. For yeah, it. more than likely. Yeah. I I just wonder like maybe this is a result of them just like still being like a touring band. Uh, maybe they're just like oh we can't fucking play these like high energy tracks for like that long like anymore. If we're Which gonna is, if we're gonna still... drive it, we just got to do it for thirty seconds at a time so everyone gets a breather in. Uh, well, and they... that's so not true though. I've seen them. In like 2012. Yeah, they've they still got still go. inten- they've still got intensity, and they've still got a back catalog of like slower songs that more people probably would care to hear, are familiar with, and want to hear, like Californication or Under yeah. the Bridge. Right. I don't know. I don't even know them. I just don't know anymore. 
track on the album we're taking our encore because that's when most that's bands when they you, play they yeah. play like half their set at the encore well some bands like yeah I've, I've been to a few shows that it's almost been like they just like played an entire fucking second show yeah. <laughs> nine inch nails is fond of that mm-hmm. mm. uh my just my my note for this is pretty good i like it uh we needed a track 11 <laughs> I saw this negativity, guys. This is supposed to be a... Come on. I don't like this song! It's just boring! No, uh, you know what this is? You know what? I figured it out. It took me forever. I couldn't figure out what the song reminded me of. It's that Dirty Vegas song, Days Go By. Do you remember that track? Now that you've reminded me, yeah. Oh, wow. I think this... I think this is a perfect example of the age gap between three of us and one of us because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it came, it was like 1999, yeah, 2000, 2001. There. Dave Chappelle did a parody of it yeah. like in his first season. Yeah. If yeah. that tells you anything. <laughs> 2000, 2001. It received the Grammy Award for Best Dance Recording. Well, <sighs> oh, shit, good on you, Dirty Vegas. Um... But yeah, like literally, listen it's, to that track, then listen to Encore, and it's it's pretty much the same like chill dance electronica like beat behind it. Are we talking about the same song? Encore? That's what I felt with it. Okay, I felt uh, like like with the guitar tone in this song, it's kind of like Scar Tissue Part Two, or a um, very but, weird attempt at it. Yeah. But with a more up-tempo um, yeah. and also minor key, uh, yeah. just overall. Uh, I, I, think I don't know. Do we have a whole lot to say about this? The lyrics really like, well, they right off the bat, we name-dropped the Beatles. So, hey, not too far off in our earlier yeah. <laughs> I think the I think the gobs of reverb on the guitar is an interesting touch, but I don't think it helps this song feel less sleepy. <laughs> And if I'm being perfectly honest with y'all, we've been listening, we've been chipping away at this album in terms of us listening to it for like a month or so at this point. If I've listened to these last three songs twice, I'd be amazed. Hmm. Hmm. Because these last three songs just fall apart and I can't, I don't like any of them and I can't finish, I can't finish any of them. (laughs) Ow. 
<laughs> yeah. Spoilers. No, so, this um, uh, checking the official run. I, well, this song is actually uh, runtime of four fifteen. It feels a lot shorter because when it fades out, it feels like they just forgot to finish the song. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They just forgot to pick it up again for another set of, uh, for another verse. <laughs> Anthony was just like, I'm done! Like, you know, taps run dry, guys. I can't get that many lyrics that rhyme. How many times do you think I can soon. rhyme California? <laughs> Going to California by way of Patagonia. See, there you go. That's like you should you should mail that one to him. Just be like, hey, you get, this well, one's for free, buddy. <laughs> well, I should say like, hey, have you heard this song by uh, Steve Martin uh, called King Tut? Uh, he was born in Arizona, moved to Babylonia. Oh shit! You might blow his mind. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Oh. Like, yeah. If I weren't still on heroin, I would totally do something to like just. Take me to the next. Open that third eye. <laughs> I mean, hey, he did. I mean, he did That's tell ultimateguitar.com He did tell ultimateguitar.com that once you don't have hardship, you can't write good music anymore. <laughs> the struggle. So, um, so do we want to talk about Josh Klinghoffer and uh, some of his um comments and/or just <laughs> antics? Uh-oh. Uh yeah, Josh Klinghoffer said that he absolutely hated recording the two Chili Peppers albums he's made with the Chili Peppers. Yeah. <laughs> he he says he feels like their songwriting is a completely uncollaborative process. Nobody is in the studio at the same time as anyone else. Well, that would have been true that... in the druggy days of the 80s. And uh he also says that he feels like they put way too much stock in the input of their producers. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nothing about that I don't agree with. I feel like the producers rein them in, though. Like, or at least Danger Mouse. Um, Well, I mean, yeah. I think I don't know. I think Danger Mouse is a good producer, but I don't know. He's also got credits on some of the boring songs on this album. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like they must have gone to him and been like. We kind of like they. Wa- I feel like they went into this with that intent, like breaking away from like Rick Rubin going to. As far as that, if as if, far again, as I if know, we, Rick if, Rubin if Wikipedia, doesn't do anything. Yeah, if Wikipedia is to be believed, I think Danger Mouse approached them. Mm. Mm, interesting. And in terms of Rick Rubin, everybody who works with Rick Rubin nowadays says that he shows up to say that he was there and then disappears yeah. for the rest of the album or, recording. Or just lays on a couch. A or just lays on a couch for four hours and goes to sleep. I, I could only hope to have a career such as that. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's better or compare it would you take that or would you take all of the obvious like danger mouse influence that we had on these like slow tracks mm. on this album? I would take the 70s exploitation stuff uh, that he influenced and kind of scale the slow tracks back. But, like, you know, I went back and listened to One Hot Minute and um, uh, Mother's Milk, and those those just didn't... Okay, so probably I didn't mention before, my favorite two Chili Peppers albums are their their debut and uh, Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one Mm -hmm. of which, the first of which is just kind of like a 
freeform jam, uh, jam band thing almost. Yeah. Um, and like a really immature sound, but at the same time, like almost like a really authentic sound. It's It sounds like it's got that reverby production that, you know, just kind of just sounds like, all right, we just mic you up. You're standing in a studio or concert hall, like, you know, no egg, egg crate foam anywhere. In yeah, sight. It's got a trashy sound jam. to it. Yeah. And then Uplift Mofo, which is just like big, dumb, stupid party rock. Yeah. But then, okay, so going back to things like Mother's Milk and One Hot Minute, it's like, well, this is like what you think of when you think of Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. But how many times do we need to make the, how many times do we need to make Blood Sugar Sex Magic again? Exactly. So, I don't know, it's like, if you're going in a different direction, even if it's a direction that's maybe, okay, that happened, I don't want to hear them try to do this on subsequent albums, but yeah, you know, they kind of, belt around a little bit for different avenues to explore. Yeah, then, like, I don't know, think if, if this we, is... If we got to suffer, like, through one or two too many slow jams... Right. ...to get some of those flashes of, oh, hey, this is really interesting. It made me stand up and listen, and I'm a grizzled old fuck who doesn't like anything recorded after 1998, then sure. I mean, I think Danger Mouse's influence is positive in some places. Mm -hmm. After all, he's probably largely responsible for the first two tracks on this album that yep. we all liked. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, so um, before we get uh, too off the rails, I just want to read out uh, two things uh, in regards to our good friend, Mr. Klinghoffer. I, I hope none of them ever hear this. I mean, not that I have any aspirations of <laughs> anybody anybody famous listening to this podcast. Never. But, um, so, uh, GuitarWorld.com. Red Hot Chili Peppers' Josh Klinghoffer has perfect response to fan shooting video. Okay, and um, I'm going to scroll down Oh, this shit. Here. All right, um... This, yeah. Yes, Red Hot Chili Peppers guitarist Josh Klinghoffer came up with his own method. Uh, this is in reference to people uh, video or recording the band on their cell phones. During the group's recent show in Torino, Italy, Klinghoffer was so fed up with the audience's use of cell phones that he decided to take a video of them with his phone rather than play his solo on the group's hit, Californication. <laughs> oh, go fuck yourself, yeah, Josh. Yeah, get the fuck over yourself. I love it. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. I really want people. Like, to, I really want old guy. I really want old, like washed up guitar players or washed up never have beens like Josh Klinghoffer. <laughs> I really hate. I really want them to stop bitching about cell phones at concerts. Yeah, fucking Corey, Ta Corey Taylor smacked some dude's cell phone out of his hand. Yeah. It was just like, what the fuck, dude? Well, it's really, but it's really. Really the same thing like in 91 or whenever it was when Axl Rose like jumped into the audience and like attacked uh, somebody who had snuck a video camera in and then spiked his mic on the stage and you know said he was going home like 30 minutes into the set. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so it's so like Kanye West stopping his show to do a 45 minute oh rant about something God. that like somebody reminded him of. No, I love I I can only hope one day that I go to a concert and all of a sudden, one of the musicians is like, "You guys think it's cool to just be taking video videos on your cell phone? Well, how do you think it feels?" And then like takes it out. No, I would, I would love every, I, I'd, I'd want to be there so bad. It feels so. Yeah, yeah. Put the dog filter on me, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been, I've, I've had plenty of experiences like that with Manson. Yeah. Um. um 
Well, I'm not, not quite like that. There was one where he, like, stopped the bouncers from throwing some drunk girl out of the crowd. If she got on the mic and apologized to the crowd. Yeah. Um, well, while, while we're sharing, I did see Primus at OzFest in 99, and uh, Les Claypool did, did say, uh, I see one of you back there has one of them laser pointer things, uh, so I'm going to get security to go over there and shove it up your ass. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. would be kind of annoying, and I might call that out. Well, that yeah. can do damage. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I just this modern... 2017. Okay, can yeah. I can I do one more? Can I do one more? Yeah, go ahead. Story? Go ahead. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Consequence of sound.net. Josh Klinghoffer says only idiots compare him to John Frusciante. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've read. I've also read that article, and the the title is not. A, the title makes that seem a lot more inflammatory. It, it, yeah, actually. it says. Okay, so, like, yeah, the only relevant part in there is, like, of course it gets annoying. Klinghoffer, who officially joined the band in 2009, tells Metro News via Ultimate Guitar, on one hand, it's an honor for me to be part of this band and to be mentioned in the same breath as Frashanti. But all these comparisons are simply absurd, he says, before going on to describe those commenters as idiots, because we are totally two different people. I have never tried to emulate his technique, and, of course, I was not trying to get him to leave the band. This sounds like one of those YouTube videos that has, like, the caption, Taylor Swift uh, calls out, you know, calls out interviewers who ask her about her weight, and then, like, it cuts off before this alleged thing that she never actually said was supposed to happen. I like to imagine that he's actually responding to some weird internet conspiracy theory that somebody thinks he actually is the same person. Like, he's like, no, we're two different people. Like, like, I'm not, we don't even, out there there's some, like, 12-minute elaborate YouTube video or something like that where they're like, actually, like, it's the Illuminati. And when he wanted to stop playing with the band, he just wore a wig. Look at his knuckles. Look at his knuckles. Yeah, that's like that's what I'm imagining that this is actually a response to. The the Illuminati that's, you know, replaced Andrew WK with a lookalike and also oh canceled Dave Chappelle's show. <laughs> mm-hmm. The same one. Fucking shit. songs left we to talk do. about and I, think <laughs> we do, have... don't we? I think we'll be pretty quick on both of them i have a feeling though oh yeah. snap all right so the hunter 
this song's in three four, right? That's that's different. That's you know time signature. You know what? Fuck y'all. I like this song. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I, I didn't uh, say it was bad. It's I just... wish I like my only problem with the song is I wish that like as it kind of like kept building and building and building to the end. I wish it would have just kind of just like fully committed to being a weird like psychedelic aesthetic like just jam band thing and just been like maybe an eight or nine minute track and just fully committed to it but it felt yeah, like this it was one's really only uh, four minutes back. long yeah i felt like it was holding it back and i think that if it would have went that extra mile toward the end i think it would have really elevated it uh yeah you know kind of a kind of a bouncy but also like you know, again, with a not that common time signature, not that 3-4 is uncommon, but no. uh, people who don't know shit about music aren't going to know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and and lyrically, uh, let's 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 uh, pick some choice. Uh, Even though you raise me, I will never be your father. Is he? What, who, what's he? Who's he talking to? I think he. I think he fucked up in the same way Warren G fucked up on the song "What's Next" by spelling "What's Next," "What's Next," "What's N X E T," and it still made the record. I think he just <laughs> fucked up. Uh, uh, you know, I think I maybe I would like this song if I listened to it on its own rather than. You know, the penultimate song of an album that has been running way too long and I'm just kind of tired of by that point. <laughs> Byron? I, I, uh, I mean, this, this was, if I was like another, another piano track, right? Like, and it, it, out of, uh, you know, we talked about this being an album of slow jam tracks, yeah. like, this was the slow jam track of the album of slow jam tracks. I felt like. <laughs> like this was the one, the whole album slow, but this is the one where they're like, all right, guys, now let's really bring it down. Um, <laughs> it and, is kind of Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I, I just it's like, got like a lounge singer kind of feel to it. Yeah, I yes. like it. And I like it for that reason. So when, when's the Richard Cheese cover of this song? <laughs> it just like couldn't. I just couldn't, I guess, yeah, at this point in the album, I was just, I was getting to this, and I was just like, alright, like, this is kind of cool and kind of different than, like, your whole vibe, and I get that, but, like, this is, this is, album's what, like, 50, 60 minutes 53 in total? Minutes. 53. Okay, right, so at this point, we're at, like, 45 minutes or something like that, and I was just like, give me, please, give me just, like, one more, like, slap, like, bass slap happy, like, Something, give me like something to remember this album by, and this track was not it. Paint your face, cause I'm a black foot. I thought I counted a firefly. Close enough to get a good look. Time to mobilize.
wrapping this one up is um, kind of a kind of an interesting one for several reasons. Um, this is Dreams of the Samurai. Uh, it's interesting in one for I I didn't really it didn't really dawn on me what the time signature was mm-hmm. um, until until I just really sat down and listened to it with, with headphones. Um, I think it's six four alternating with four four, and. Um, yeah, just really punching in with that psychedelia in the chorus, um, that just like really grody wah yeah. pedal, like just overly crunched. Wow. Uh, this this song uh, was actually written uh, after Anthony Kiedis binge watched uh, Power Rangers Samurai, uh, <laughs> as evidenced by the uh, the lyric "Metamorphosis Samurai." So you know the Power Rangers are they they, yeah. they do morph. They do say it's morphin time. They that's a thing that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they did they still say it's morphin time? Because I thought I, that they changed. Because when it, it I was a little babby, season to season. I was about to say when I was a little babby, the catchphrase changed with every new iteration. It is time to morph. <laughs> it's what is morph now? <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> I this this song. What was funny to me felt like a uh, advancement, kind of on the normal like the lyric his lyrics that usually going mm-hmm. um this this kind of takes like the the what i think what, what is it it's kind of like the lonely island approach of mm-hmm. writing lyrics where you're just like it's kind of a series of interesting images or things yeah that he just mentions where he's like <clears throat> was was one of them uh trying to i'm trying to find it where he's like taking acid in a graveyard stealing food to keep the night alive um where he's like less getting away from rhyming anymore and it's just like here's some weird trippy things man that if you're super high i bet they sound really trippy man taking (laughs) acid in a graveyard dude what if you took acid in a graveyard you should do that. And that's like, yeah, that's all this song was to me, was he's just like me- naming a lot of cool things he thinks of. Um, but yeah, like it, it was okay. Kind of, again, mentioning on the last track, like really pushing to get some like, some really pumping, like awesome track that I was like, yes, this is the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like as I remember them. And again, like wasn't really it. You're and then just the, not getting that to close it out, yeah. And then the outro was like double, double, uh, double. Snow. Not that. I like. Yeah, that's the one that shifts into four four, right? For that like secondary chorus. Yeah. And the, you know, yeah, the like they're doing some interesting stuff. Like drummers, like kind of getting into it and trying to do some, some cool little fills. But like, I just couldn't like. Yeah, between like the drummer and the the like the vocals that they have on, I was just like, this could have been like, like a bridge in like a Pink Floyd album or something like that. Like, yeah, it just... it's it's like Red Hot Chili Peppers goes a little prog rock, but not yeah. really. but not really going for it. It's not. Yeah, they they don't go all in, and it wasn't. It was it was interesting. I I kind of. <laughs> I like it as a song, but in the context of the album, like, like I'm over the mood that the, the album has created. Like, like this is one of those albums where I'll just like pick, 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 pick these like five songs and just take those and say the rest of the album doesn't exist. I think if it would have been earlier, 
I would have liked it a lot more. Because see, I think it's actually a good closer is the weird thing. I, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. It is a good closer. It's just I, like, wow, you know, that just like punches you that, the you know, how squashed the Y is and that really nonsensical hook of Metamorphosis Samurai. I, it, even with all the slow jam songs, you're like, you're like, all right, I'm fatigued on, you know, sameness, the like kind of middling this, like, damn, this one just comes up and like, mm, fuck. It's, it, it's a good closer, but I think I would have... I think it's one of the better executions of what they were going for in this album, I guess. In terms of that kind of, like, slowed down, dad rock, like, whatever, that feeling, I think this was one of the better ones compared to some of the other, uh, like, Sick Love or, like, Longest Wave or something like that. Like, I... I wish in some way a song, this song or a song of this like song's caliber could have been earlier in the album. So I could have really got what they were going for instead of I feel like leave it kind of for the end for it to feel like. I do think this was a successful song in the album, but like yeah. almost a little too late after like getting through all the other ones where I, I do feel they stumbled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think again, if. I listened to this song on its own, I might like it, but, you know, I just, getting that far through this album kind of felt like a chore like, after yeah, a few you, weeks. You, you had checked out after track 11, and it's just like, it's not going to be the thing that pulls you back. Yeah. This is why I was like, oh, we're actually recording now, I guess I better listen to the album one or two more times to remember what the fuck these songs are, so maybe I didn't fatigue myself quite as much. I listen to it probably once a week. I would throw this on guys, in the car on the like way more time on your hands than I would have. Imagined. Well, I would just I would just throw it on in the car on my way to and from school, and then yeah. you know I listen to it like for real with headphones and you know album listening club critic mode like maybe twice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so is that it? Are we uh, we ready for final thoughts on the getaway by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Sure. Let's start with uh, Eeny Meeny Byron. Yeah, this was interesting. Interesting to go down memory lane with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and yeah, kind of like as as I said earlier, like they were a band I wasn't super into, but definitely listened to in like high school and a little bit in college. And so now this is almost like kind of like a decade on probably since I since I really listened to them a lot. Um, they've changed, uh, and they changed the album overall. I think I've ragged on a lot of these tracks. It was like a pretty good album, and I was kind of into it. I just think it never like I had such expectations going into it that it was hard even at the end to reconcile those, and then them having like. This Ticonderoga, where I was like, oh, oh, it's it's happening. Finally, it's here. What I wanted this whole time. And then, like, getting it taken away from me so quickly. <laughs> um, um, but maybe they're, maybe they're taking you through that emotional roller coaster. It's like, no, it can't all be, like, good songs. We have to have the shit to make the yeah. good seem better. It's like, tantalize you and then take it away. No, that's, that's that, John. That's John Thayer theory. That's the John Thayer in you right there, buddy. They they definitely put me on a on a love roller coaster. That's that's. Uh, uh, um, I'm gonna go but, watch the Beavis and Butthead movie instead of the Super Bowl now. <laughs> there, there's a yeah, white zombie on 
White Zombie song on that soundtrack. Yeah, but yeah, when they're freaking out in the peyote. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but who knows? Maybe like on the other hand, like I could also see myself kind of coming back to this album. Maybe if I was in the same way, every now and then I've come back to Stadium Arcadium like randomly. Just when I'm like, I want to listen to a Red Hot Chili Peppers album, but I don't want to be like thrashing around at my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see myself maybe come back to this for some some easy listening, some chill, uh, some chill car music or something like that. Like, who knows? Maybe I'll come back to it and, and appreciate it in the future. All right. Uh, and Polly, what did you think? I like I think this is a decent record. Like, again, I think that I, I stick like even though. I think a lot of this album stumbles. I still think that it's the band kind of genuinely creating what they wanted to create. Like, even if like, you know, you've got that weird stuff about how they're never in the studio together and stuff, which is kind of weird, but, um, it still sounds like a fun record and they had a lot of fun making it. Like it doesn't sound forced or fake in any way. Um, I just like, you know, like the same kind of problem is just like, Man, like it just it just needs more tempo behind it. No, it, like it if they, in, if if they it, could, yeah, if they could have had like a couple more of those uh, "Suck My Kiss." Yeah, keep coming back to that one, jams that that might have rounded out the sound. Yeah, like like this isn't like I I bought this album after I listened to it the first couple of times. Oh, nice. Like so, like I like it enough. It's just, it's not, like, there are definitely things that are that will take priority in uh, my disc changer. <laughs> People still have those. Mm-hmm. Why not? We have one. I do. I straight up we got do. One for, we, got one for, we got one for free because of some bullshit with Best Buy. <laughs> oh, wow. And it, it holds, like, 300 CDs. Jesus Christ almighty. Who has that many? Taylor! I probably do. <laughs> Taylor, uh, final thoughts. Yeah, I, I don't think I have that many CDs anymore. Um, it's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay. Know, it's Back just... of the box <laughs> quote. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's... I, I don't dislike it. I don't even think it's the worst. It's probably not even the worst Chili Peppers. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what that would be actually. I've never the one before this one. Freaky Styley is the worst. Sorry, I haven't listened to every Chili's Peppers album, but Freaky Styley is the worst. I was gonna. If you ask I... me on this day of uh, February fifth, twenty seventeen. <laughs> I, I was gonna say maybe Stadium Arcadium. I've never listened to One Hot Minute or any of the pre Mother's Milk albums, so ah. Stadium Arcadium is way too long. Yeah, it does not need to be as long as it is. Double album syndrome. So yeah, it's a solid 6 out of 10. Yeah, that's a number. Eh, It'd be worse. Yeah, I'd give it a 6. I feel like... I feel like on the... And this has been Tathany Lortano here. What about you, Boner? You know, I feel like it's hard to be, like, really objective when you're sitting down and saying, okay, I have to listen to this X many times to kind of familiarize myself with the songs and pick out, you know, elements to talk about um, on a, you know, to review on a podcast forum like we are. Um, So, 
it probably sounds like I was negative about a lot of things. And, you know, as we bounce off of each other, we kind of be like, oh, yeah, that that kind of didn't work. This kind of, you know, whatever. This was distracting, blah, blah, blah. But again, I didn't expect to be liking a Red Hot Chili Peppers album in yeah. 2016. I didn't expect to be listening to a Red Hot Chili Peppers album in 2016. I could have very well said, oh, these old farts are still around. Oh, you know, they got to get Viagra to get the socks to fit on there <laughs> for more than you know, 15 minutes. But, well... I think Josh Klinghoffer is in like his mid thirties, so he probably doesn't have to. Little baby, I'm sure he's going to come out with an uh, interview uh, addressing that very subject. Yeah, in the next more like issue it. of Maximum Guitar after he listens to this, which you know, people people who compare my penis to John Frusciante's are idiots. Um, any other thoughts about it? But, but, but yeah, no, like, yeah, another one I could probably put into rotation, um, again, I, I'm not, I know I said, um, on the Coheed and Cambria one looks like that I was done with that one. And it's like, well, I don't kind of get the same. I mean, like overall quality, I feel like they're kind of similar, but I don't feel like, um, there aren't future listens to the getaway yeah. in the future, I guess. Yeah. It's, well, that was redundant shit. Um, yeah, seven, six point nine out of ten. Nice, not bad. You said sixty nine. Yes. Yeah. Nice, nice. So is that Red Hot Chili Peppers the getaway? Hell's yeah, it is. It's All time right. to get away from this. It's time podcast. to get away. Get it away. Get, get it away. Get, get it away, away now. now. And with that, listen to more Death Grips. <laughs> <laughs>